1: Ty's got good hair.
5: Chuck, it's always a good Monday on the uh, the cusp of March Madness this week. How you doing this morning, man?
1: I'm doing well. Doing well. Ready to go. Kind of like everybody else. I watched the show and kind of took a look at the bracket. And we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a fun month. Yeah. Just from a fan perspective, being in Des Moines,
3: being able to drive, not having to pay a uh, you know, a a high rate for a plane ticket to go to Sacramento or Albany like you kind of had to do last year, Uh, you know, before we get to the match, that's just good for everybody in in our state to be able to drive to the game.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people will. I think there'll be a big battle for tickets this week, and people are going to try to get up there. Sounds like the weather's going to be okay until – Maybe Thursday it's going to rain and then be really cold on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> I checked the weather first thing. I'm not going to lie to you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think people are going to enjoy going, and I would imagine that there'll be a lot of Razorback fans there. I didn't thought about the Des Moines weather, so I
3: mean, yeah. Uh,
5: but I, it, I mean, you're you're moving 500 miles north. It's going to mm-hmm. be colder. No I did the same thing Chuck did. As soon as I got up this morning, I was like, "Well, oh, we're going to be in Des Moines this week. We'll we'll see how it is." But uh, on the subject of Des Moines. Tickets are not as pricey as some of the other first round sites because I was relatively cheaper than some of the other places. Now there will be a lot of Kansas fans there, so I would if you're planning on going, I would buy your tickets now rather than wait. And the lodging's really not that bad either. So you're you're kind of lucking out, not just in the six of proximity to Fayetteville, but in some of these other sites where the the cities are just a lot more expensive. It's a little more cheaper well, than some of these other spots. That's
3: part of it. It's also the teams that are in your draw. And I think there's probably some Kansas fans that come off a national championship last year that, you know, may wait. Oh, we'll wait and save our money for Vegas because you're not going to drive to Vegas. You're going to have to fly to Vegas. So there's probably a portion of those Kansas fans that uh, may not make even what would be a short trek to Des Moines. They'll be well represented. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I'm with you. If I was going to buy those tickets, I'd do it before those Kansas fans figure out what they're going to
5: do. Ticket prices are not that bad right now. Um, hopefully they'll they'll stay that way. But. Chuck, I anticipate a good number of Arkansas fans making the trek over. It's only about six hours from
1: Fayetteville. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people there. Now, there'll be a lot of Kansas people there. I mean, they're a basketball school. Uh, and they didn't have that, uh, you know, they don't have all that pesky football travel to deal with. So, uh, they don't spend yeah. their money going to football games. They spend their money going to basketball games. So, they'll be there. And, yeah, it'll be a pro-Kansas crowd. And, um you know, this is really just kind of looking at the bracket and, and applying a little bit of logic to it and looking at the bracketology. I mean, I think it was, um, you know, I won't say it was a foregone conclusion, but I think by the time we got to 5 o'clock yesterday, a lot of people within the Razorback basketball program felt like, we're going to Des Moines and we're going to play Illinois.
3: I think they'd been looking at that. that them and I heard Memphis was another school they thought might be opposite of them, but you know, as the brackets came up, every time an eight, nine, and I mean, you thought maybe a seven, ten, you could have fell to the ten, but didn't happen. Obviously, though, though, that's where you kind of set up your chair a little bit as they, as Greg Gumbel was announcing it, and kind of figured out where you might be going.
1: Well, I think we saw again that conference tournaments don't matter. I mean, are you kidding me? Texas A and M is a seven seed. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, I don't. I. I. I don't see. I mean, there's an exception to the rule. I'm sure if you were to look, you could find one. But generally speaking, I think we see again from the committee that, that conference tournaments do not figure into seeding. Well, but
3: you could make the case that Alabama climbed to the overall number one. Now, we're splitting hairs that who's the overall number one versus the other number ones. But with Kansas and Houston losing, that they, they, they pretty well decided for but Alabama. But that doesn't really matter. I
1: agree. We're splitting hairs. I mean, but that it doesn't does matter. really matter. Um, no, I, I'm 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 not talking about who's the number one overall seed. I'm talking about where all the other teams are seated, the other 64. There's very little evidence to indicate that what happened over the conference tournament weekend had anything to do with 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 I, I just I just don't see how it how uh, particularly with the SEC schools. Um, you know, I, I just uh, but if the there's tournament- anybody in our Go ahead. The tournament played out just like the regular season played out more or less. But I just think if you look around the country, I think that the the evidence is overwhelming that conference tournaments don't matter in terms of seeding. You know, again, if you want to talk about Alabama being the number one overall seed, I think they were going to be anyway. I don't I don't I think they get have lost yesterday and perhaps been the number one overall seed. Um, but you know, I, I just um, and it's fine. I mean, it doesn't really bother me, to be perfectly honest with you. But um, I just don't think conference tournaments matter. But you look at I'm just
3: going off the top of my head. I mean, the Big Ten had a 10 seed in their final with Penn State. Yep. But Purdue at the top. But the SEC had its one and two seeds in there. Big 12 had Kansas and Texas in there. Their top two teams. I mean, you look around, and I agree with you. But I think that's a byproduct of chalk finishes in the Power Five conference tournaments. I mean, even in the American, you had Memphis. And Memphis. Houston, I mean, Houston. Top yeah. Two seats. So I mean, you, you just kind of going through it by by head. There's more, probably more cases of, of top two or three seats playing for the conference tournament titles.
1: Right, but again, I'm I'm speaking more about teams like Arkansas and teams like Missouri and teams like Kentucky and um, you know you look at teams from the other. I mean, again, if you you know you you find exceptions to the rule, but I just don't think in terms of where a team's. you know, I I think Arkansas, frankly, has been on the eight line. I think they've been on the eight line for three weeks. Mm -hmm. I think they were on the eight line before they played at Tennessee. I think they were on the eight line before they played at Alabama. I think they were on the eight line before they played Kentucky, and I think they were on the eight line before both conference tournament games, and I don't think anything changed um and and i don't think we're the only team out there like that and i'm not saying it's bad the truth of the matter is i'm i'm fine with it um but you know um it's just you know when you look at it i think a lot of this stuff was determined two or three weeks ago and
3: you look at the bracket they weren't going to put you as the eighth seed with alabama you weren't you you know that that wasn't going to happen you look at the places you could have went and this was the best draw, kept you regionally kind of in there, that pod or wherever, you know, they, they have a formula where they try to keep you somewhat regional, but, uh, you know, they're, they're really, like I said, that the, the smart minds in the basketball office had it figured out by the time five o'clock rolled around just based on being an eighth seed and kind of where Alabama was probably going, that,
1: that pretty well narrowed it down to one or two places yeah i i i think the only real debate was would you play kansas or would you play houston mm-hmm. um and and you know how would they fit teams into the regionals you know which which uh would you be in the you know the west or the south or the east or the or the midwest you know how would they work at all so um no i'm i'm i think it's a good draw now i, I don't think the draw had anything to do with us i think it has to do with kansas i you know where you are i mean um, it's good for us. I think it's great for us. But, um, you know, this is about Kansas playing close to home as a top seed.
5: I think the uh, the selection committee got it wrong putting Houston above Kansas for that because now Kansas will have to go to Vegas rather than Kansas City. Houston's got a chance to go to uh, Kansas City if they advance past the, the first two rounds. Listen to the selection committee chairman talk about that. I didn't, I
1: didn't know. Here's the thing, though, Ty. Here's the thing. When you lose by some of the margins that they've lost this year, and I'm not just talking about losing to Texas the other night. I'm just talking about, you know, you look at some of the losses during the regular season. Um, I'm not sure Kansas has, if they were the number one overall seed, then, yeah, you're going to Kansas City. Um, You're in that regional, and you're going to Kansas City. I'm not sure Kansas has earned that. I hear you, and from from a geographic sense, It certainly would have, you know, uh, made sense to put Kansas there where if they got to the regional final, they'd go to Kansas City. But I'm just not sure they've earned that.
5: Here would be my response to that. They played nearly 30 quad one and two games. Nearly 30. Maybe maybe over 30. Houston's played, I think, 17. So when you play better teams, Big 12 is nine-day better than the American Conference, there's going to be games that you just – you get whacked. Houston doesn't have that same opposition that they have to go. Now they had a good non-conference schedule. I'll give Sampson credit for scheduling teams kind of like Mark Few does. Where while their conference is way better than the WCC, I mean it's when you go up against like the SEC, you can't you can't compete in every single game just because you get beaten up on the Big Twelve, which is the best conference in college basketball. Which Kansas won. They didn't have their head coach in the championship game. I mean. Kansas deserves to be that. They don't deserve to be number one because Bam has earned that. But they deserve to be the number two over Houston. Well,
1: I respectfully disagree. I, you know, you make, you know, you can always make an argument, but um, the point is that you know, regardless of how they were, or whether or not they were seated ahead of Houston or not, um, I don't care where Kansas goes. I don't care if they play in Kansas City. Um, I, I, uh, I hear what you're saying. To me. You know there there there's always things that you can look at Um, just closer to home. You know the teams that we pay attention to, generally speaking, um, Auburn got the biggest break of anybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They get to play in Birmingham, right? What they do to earn that? Um, Why is Texas A&M a seven seed? I mean that's ridiculous. They're the same seed as Missouri. I think Missouri's really good. They won 24 games this year. Um, But why is Texas A&M seated? identically to Missouri. I don't know, you know, that... that, And my point is, is that nothing that happened in our conference tournament seemed to change anything.
3: Kick back your theory to Chuck, Tommy. I was just reading, I mean, not my theory, just something being floated out there by uh, some of the national media that A&M's incessant complaining a year ago about the committee's decision to leave them out, the seven seed, and and then also being matched with Texas potentially in a second round game, might be a little bit of a message being sent that, hey, we remember what was said last year. We heard you. You know, welcome to the tournament this year.
1: Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. But you know, I'm sure that those who like to, you know, talk about. Theories and things like that. You know, it's fun to talk about. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anything to that. I that hope it's me true. though. <laughs> I hope it's that true. Me. I, I don't I hope it's true. Hold on. Let's oh.
3: let's be. But a And M being at a seventh seed and the way they've played, not just this last two weeks, but the last two months, to me seems they're well, undervalued at seven.
1: Well, he, here's 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 the thing, and it may be the flaw in the whole system. The reason a And M seated seventh is because of what happened in the non-conference season. Um, that's a part of the reason that Arkansas is seated eighth. And I think that the committee, once again, has said that non-conference really matters. Whether your fans are paying attention to it or not, we are. And we're going to hold you accountable when we get to March, good or bad. You're either going to be rewarded or you're going to be penalized. Now, people talk about, well, so-and-so's playing good right now. That's not part of the equation anymore. How you've done in your last 10 games is not part of the equation anymore. Now, maybe it should be. I'm among those who thinks that it should be. I agree. But it's not. And so um, that's the reason that a team like Vanderbilt, um, you know, they were going to have to win the conference tournament. You're going to tell me there's 67 other teams in Vanderbilt out there right now? Please. I mean, there's there's no way. But the committee is once again, and look, I don't agree with this. But the committee has put a lot of weight on non-conference. I'm of the opinion that too often you get penalized more for a loss in December than you're credited for a win in February or March. But let me flip that. If Arkansas doesn't play the
3: strength of schedule that they did in November, December, they're likely not in the
1: tournament. Well, that, that that's what I just said. I mean, yes. non-conference is yes. why Arkansas is seeded eighth. Right. But, um, you know, my point is, is that these teams had bad losses. You know they had losses to you know Toronto wins, and that's the reason that you know they they are where they are now. Again, I, I don't agree with that, but I think it's obvious that that's what's happened.
5: Let's hear what Eric Mussman had to say about their seeding yesterday.
1: I think that as we've talked, Coach Ruta and I and most
2: of the staff were in the office all morning. Illinois was a team that we felt. You know, there was two teams, Illinois being one team and, and another team that we felt we could possibly play. We felt the best case scenario, if the injuries and everything were talked about and discussed in all the close games, we felt best case would probably be a seven and worst case would probably be a nine. So I think that the eight seed is, is very fair. And that's what we played our way into. And so now you got to go try to win an eight, nine game.
5: Again, I don't know every parameter for the net, the NCAA evaluation tool, but the close games, the manner of which Arkansas has played competitively, does that factor into their thought process
1: on this? I'd, I'd have to go back to Oh, it was. might. Might. You know, it's possible that, uh, you know, that was something that carried a lot of weight with them when it, you know, comes to Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I um, you know, frankly find a lot of 13 lost teams that are seeded eighth. You know, let's just be blunt. But um, I do think that the non conference wins and, you know, the strength of the teams that you played in the SEC. I mean, the fact that Arkansas is an eight seed, I think, tells you how much respect they have for the SEC. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we talk about how, you know, the, the Big 12 is the best conference and, and we act like it's by a wide margin. Well, it's really not. And, you know, the SEC, I, I, there were some things in terms of the seedings of some of the teams that I, you know, scratch my head over. But the fact that Arkansas is an 8 seed with an 8 and 10 conference record speaks to the non-conference schedule and speaks to the fact that, you know, we don't talk about this a lot, Arkansas really played a top heavy schedule. SEC's really unbalanced in terms of their basketball schedule. Arkansas got the short end of the stick on that this year. And if you really look, a lot of the teams they played in conference play were the better teams. Look at the teams they played twice. And uh, um, it was, uh, you know, you could argue that it was not a particularly fair schedule. Um, and I think that had something to do with it, too. Yeah. We're brought to you this morning by The Fence Man, the company you
3: can trust when it comes to building your next fence or gating project, anything around the perimeter of your home or business. Also, custom wrought iron gate installations and fencing installations. So, if you want powered automatic gates and you want them made to last, built out of custom wrought iron, they can do that for you with The Fence Man. 782. 782- 3936 is their number. That's 479-782-3936. The fence man. He ain't afraid of no
5: work. Let's react to the Texas AM loss coming up. But first, let's welcome in Jimmy, who's in Conway. Jimmy, good morning.
4: Top of the morning to you, fellas. And hey, my my question is uh when did when did the NCAA just start opening the door for Joe
2: Lenardi and everybody else to see what their plans are on this tournament. We've been hearing about this matchup for over a week, and there's several other ones that he he called, said this is probably what's going to happen. Well, he knew, which leads me to believe that maybe ESPN is in there dictating some of these matchups, and I don't like that at all. I think that's a bunch of crap. But anyway, I want your opinion on that, and do you think the guys, the Hogs have, They've just played too many minutes. They've hit a wall. In fact, like they can go so far, and then they just they're give out
3: to me. Thanks, guys. Jimmy, here's why I disagree with that thought on ESPN dictating anything about match. They don't own any of the broadcast rights. They have no say in where the games are broadcast, the times they're playing. That's all CBS and Turner. So, I, I think Lenardi's just pretty sharp as well as Palm and a lot of other guys. But, Chuck, I don't think ESPN has anything to, to, to um – whole leverage over the committee
1: no no espn doesn't have anything to do with this um you know I, I don't know the the you know if there are conversations between some of these guys and people on the committee they've obviously um they've obviously figured it out and um you know here's the deal i mean part of the i think frustration people may have with it is it takes away the suspense. <laughs> I mean, by the time you get to Sunday, it's it's uh, if you follow it closely, and you know you you look at all these things and you understand that these are people that do follow it and do have a very wor- you know real working knowledge of uh, you know when you start talking about al- algorithms, I can mm-hmm. sound dumb, so I'm not going to delve too far into that. But they obviously understand the way the committee works in terms of all the f- the things that they. You know, consider and um, they're pretty good. I, I just think you got to give them credit for being good, and the byproduct of that is a lot of times there's not a suspense on Sunday.
3: And there's yeah, there's only one or two things that really surprise any of the bracketologists. But I think the the main thing that the bracketologists do they set expectations. They mitigate disappointment. So if hey, we think we're a solid eight seed, and the committee has you as on the bubble, maybe it's a twelve seed, or or you think you're barely in, but you're you know. And a seven they, they seem to peg some of these things right and you know, mitigate disappointment, I guess, when, when the announcements are made.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh it's an interesting thing to look at. I mean, you know, I promise you, yesterday anybody that did this knows what I'm saying. You go to Google, all you gotta do is enter the letter B and the first thing that comes up is bracketology. I mean, everybody looks at it. I do, you know, everyone does that follows college basketball and so um they know what people are paying attention to, and um, you know we may we may not like the fact that when we get to Sunday, some of the suspense is gone. But that didn't keep us from from looking. I mean, people look at bracketology in November. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, people are going to pay attention to it.
5: I would say to to Jimmy's point. I mean, it's just like different draft analysts for the MLB, NBA, and NFL. I mean, a lot of times these guys have a either connection or a source, and it's they they know where that said person or that said coach is going, and you might not have the suspense of, hey, well, we know who our team's going to draft. It's just, I mean, it's the same thing. Guys are highly sourced. They've been doing it. I mean, Lenardi's been doing it for a while, as has Palm. These guys are just highly sourced at this point. So I'd, they I'd say this one's,
3: this one's harder because, guys, this is more of a moving target because mm-hmm. you got 68 targets you're trying to, to hit, and some are fairly obvious, uh, uh, you know, as you look at well, one seeds. but. You know, you get down to that 8, 9, 10, 11 range, and that becomes pretty pretty uh, hard to figure out the science
1: there. This is about math. I mean, this is about math. Yeah. That's what it's about. I mean, I I say all the time, I mean, math majors are running sports. I mean, pick your sport a math majors running it. And um, that's what this is about. Look at Joe Lenardi, and I, I highly respect what he does, but that's not a sports guy. He's a math guy. He understands what they're doing. He's a computer guy. and um, I got, Hey, I give him credit. He's figured it out. Well, He's the, figured it out. You don't think he was
5: a, a he lettered in certain sports there's in high what, school? There's what? 34 automatic qualifiers. Mm-hmm.
3: And then 30, what would that be? 35, 34. Six, or uh, whatever it is, do the math. I'm not a I mean, 68 not the math. Teams, basic, teams, just, 34 right.
1: 34 Sixty-eight teams,
3: thirty-four and 34 So you, well, I saw a different number on how many at large because like thirty-one of the thirty-five at large belong well, to, um, maybe it's thirty-five and thirty-three, but belong to the Power Five conferences. But I mean, you got half the fields. My, the point I'm trying to get to, and I'm doing a poor job of, it, is half the fields automatic. I mean, you know, you can figure out the seeds, yeah. but it doesn't take a genius. We can figure out who half the fields going to be.
1: Well, you have an idea. I mean, when you get into your smaller conferences with automatic qualifiers, they there's some people there that can upset the Apple cart. I mean, there's some teams that can. But um, you know, yeah, but but now, you know, if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. And um, if it was easy, Joe Lenardi wouldn't be a star. You yeah. know, um, that's just the truth. Have you filled out a bracket yet, Chuck? Tommy and I no, have not gotten no, started I yet. I haven't done that yet. I have not done that yet.
5: We've got a, a Christian printed out ours earlier. I've been just looking at the matchups. This is really the first time I didn't get a chance to look at it yesterday. That I'm looking not just where Arkansas's side of things are, but everywhere else. There's a. I mean, I cannot wait not just for Thursday, but Tuesday night. I, I'm really curious to see what Mississippi State and Pittsburgh ends up being. Mississippi State, one of the last teams added in, and I know that's good for the SEC. So, was it, what ended up being eight teams eight from this league. That's a strong eight
3: from the Big Ten, eight from the SEC. Yeah,
5: what did the, the Big Twelve get? Nine, ten. No, I think they got was it seven. They just got seven. So you have yeah. four teams from the.
1: Well, you got fewer teams in that yeah. conference.
3: So I mean, but they got a higher percentage of their mm-hmm. conferences, in. Yeah. So, but now yeah, the, the Big Ten and the uh, SEC led the way with eight uh, in these selections.
1: Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785 Five three one twenty seven eighty five online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball.
5: Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
5: This guy always seems to have an opinion. As we welcome in Sterling in Center Ridge, Sterling, what did you think about Arkansas's draw with the final I and I heading up to Des Moines on Thursday?
6: I think they got about the best draw they could get. Uh, you know, you can't have no complaints as a Razorback fan uh, about the draw, not uh, one. And uh, you know, I've been very critical of uh, of Muslman this season. You know, anytime. And I'm critical of any coach that has big halftime leads and, and you lose on multiple, on multiple occasions. But i I have to give him, you know, I gotta give him credit with doing. He did a massive a job of, of this schedule this season. And, you know, it's more to being a coach than just recruiting and X's and those. You know, you have to do the schedule too. And he has a, I mean, I, he has a large, large impact on that. And, He did an excellent, excellent job on that. And I I know we had some injuries this year that knocked us off of our our expectations. But I thought even with the injuries that we still could have been a top 16 type seed team. You know, had a regular season to, to warrant a four seed or a five top 20, you know, I thought Rip Brazil was a Final Four contender, if not a Championship contender, with everybody intact. And when we had the injuries and Smith not playing most of the season, I thought we dropped down to a top 20 type team. And we are we a little below that. But as far as the schedule, he did an excellent job. And in North Carolina, Hubert Davis is on the, he's on the hot seat next season, whether they vocalize it or not, over there in Chapel Hill. And last year, they were eight seed going into the tournament. And got hot. Mm-hmm. You know, they beat Kay and Cameron, which is always good for Carolina fans, and they beat them in the last game in the final four, and had a big lead in the next championship game. But that stuff get quickly forgotten when you have a preseason number one and you don't make the tournament. And I know they were close, a ball dropped here or there. They probably in the tournament as a, you know, as a ten or eleven. But the fact remains, they didn't make it, and he's going to be on the hot seat next season. And that's what Arkansas this in this tournament. I've always said they're a very dangerous team. They too much talent on this team, not to not to be weary of them, because if they put it together, and I I look at them like a they don't have the talent of the Fab Five, but the Fab Five didn't have a great regular season that freshman year, not the best, and they got hot at the right time, and and this this that team is in that category, like North Carolina last year. There's enough talent on this team that if they put it together, and Smith and Black, you know, you got two. First round picks, right there. If They get rolling and figure out how to what they've been playing against. Probably most of their life, a two-three zone. <laughs> uh, this team is this team is rough. I mean, Kansas didn't they didn't do no favors for Kansas putting Arkansas over there. I'm 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 just telling you. The guys are. I hate it when people call in and say they love the show, even though I do it all the time. I'm a bit hypocrite <laughs> on that, but you can't help but say it when you when you when you love something. You got you got you got to let them know. And uh, y'all do an excellent job. And y'all can guys have a great
5: day. Thank you, Sterling. Sterling. A lot to unpack there. What do, you, what do you want to start with?
3: Welcome come back to, he's talking about North Carolina. We'll finish up a point I was making a minute ago. I found that date. North Carolina is the first preseason AP number one team to miss the tournament, guys, since the field expanded to 64 back in 1985. Jeez. So, what happened this year with North Carolina, what Sterling's talking about, and the heat that may be on the head coach there in, in, in Hubert is is all uh 100 right i mean this is something
1: that's never happened before in the field of 64 much less the field of 68 well one thing about what sterling said in terms of hubert davis um, he's right about hubert davis being on the hot seat and here's the thing they could go to the nit this year and they could win the nit this year but if they don't make the ncaa's next year he's going to get fired you know just pure and simple so um there's a lot more for Hubert Davis to gain, I would imagine, by reconstructing his basketball team than there is by going to the NIT. They're not going to put any more chips in your
3: corner for winning the NIT if you're at North Carolina. Oh. They, they, oh. You don't build any credit with your fan base. All you could do is go backwards like Calipari did. and that, What was it, Robert Morris? Robert lost, Morris the road. That's all you do road. is have
5: a Robert Morris well, moment. What's well, so puzzling about what happened in Chapel Hill this season. You turn leaky black. Armando Bidcott, Davis, um, well, the Love. I mean, they, I think it was, uh, again, four of their five starters came back. Puff Johnson, and they still were horrible. Like, they, it, it's not mm. like you added – It's a, Duke Duke and Arkansas, very similar stretches where both teams – and Duke's really hot right now. They're are, they going to get Purdue all. They can handle that Sweet 16 game. But there's difference, like, bringing in the number one and number two class for Arkansas and Fayetteville and then Duke and then Durham.
1: But North Carolina returned everyone. There's no excuse, none, for them not making the well, tournament. It's well, invi- I think it points to the fact that you've got to be hungry. You know, you got to be hungry. They were an eight seed last year, and they got hot and made it to the, you know, made it to the national championship game. But um, there were, you know, there were holes in this team last year. They just got hot as an eight seed. I mean, we're an eight seed. There were holes in our team this year. And... Um, so, it's not like North Carolina was predicted to be where they ended up last year and all these guys were just, you know, um, can't-miss guys. I mean, I'm not saying it was a fluke what they did last year. It certainly wasn't, but it was unexpected. So, um, you know, it sounds to me like the players this year didn't have the same hunger that maybe they did the year before. Yeah. Maybe they thought they were a little better than they really were.
3: And, and, and from the outside looking in and only those inside the walls could, could truly answer, but you got to wonder what the role of NIL plays in all this and players getting fed a little bit more. No and question. Lot pockets lined and you talk no about hunger. Question. NIL's got to be in the equation here
1: somewhere. I think it's harder for a coach to find that magic level that Eddie Sutton used to talk about. I think it's harder to find that magic level now than it's ever been before. Talent's not enough. Talent's not enough. Um, there are lots of good players out there. And having a bunch of five stars, not enough. You know, you've, uh, uh, the way you've managed your roster now is much different than it was, you know, 10 years ago, you go out and sign four or five best high school players in America, you were going to be in the Final Four. At some point, while they were there, you're going to the Final Four. Doesn't mean as much now. It's not to say you don't want to do it, just doesn't mean as much. now yeah, a little different.
5: Let's talk to Brent, who's in Stuttgart. Brent, good morning.
4: Is it... Uh... I want to talk about—is this the North Carolina hour today? Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> the same thing. I mean, who cares? Hubert Davis ain't never going to walk out on the court at Walton Arena. Who cares? Orlando Baycott—you're never going to be here. Let's talk about the Razorbacks. I went to bed at eight thirty Friday night with with my with my with my head in my hands. I mean, I love the Razorbacks, but. How in the world do you explain losing a thirteen-point lead? How in the world? All we've got to do is make free throws. We missed two at the beginning of the game with no pressure, with nobody on the line with us. On a flagrant, the only person that made two free throws in a row in the first ha- in the first half was uh, the t- uh, the twin.
5: McKay, yeah, McKay Mitchell hit two free throws. they
4: shoots about fifty nine percent. I mean, I do not under I do not understand this team. I love them, but they drive me absolutely insane. I cannot I cannot understand it. Can, can y'all give me some sort of some sort of uh, I don't know? Tell me what you think the problem is that we can't finish a game.
1: I think you got to go get more shooters. Um, I think you got to have somebody besides Nick that you can really count on there. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, the shot that he hit against Auburn. You got to have guys who can hit shots like that. I'm not talking about with 20 seconds left in the game. I'm talking about when the other team's making a run with 12 minutes left in the game, and you got to have a stopper. You got to have a good trip. You got to get a bucket. And um, I just don't think there's enough of those guys. There, there's, there's. Um, uh, you got to be able to shoot, and your shooting percentage should not always be contingent upon how well you get to the rim. Now, y- you know, you drive and kick, and you got to be able to hit some of those shots, and um, if you can't kick and hit some shots, you got to finish, and that's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to do that consistently because, uh, you know, there's a lot of good rim protectors out there. I just think they need more shooters. <laughs>
5: especially with the Illinois team. Tommy, you're reading off their front line. They got three six, nine or above guys. is mm-hmm. that what you said? So it's going to be difficult. Now, both teams heading into this matchup on Thursday are terrible at free throw shooting. They're both outside the top 250 in that category, but they don't get to the line. It's a matter. Like Chuck, was saying, I mean, the jury's out on this team. You zone them. Arkansas has not consistently shown an ability to break a zone this year. This team doesn't cut like the team last year. Guys, we got to remember, this team last year couldn't shoot threes either. They're outside of the top 200, but that team moved the ball better, and they cut harder, and they were smarter because they're older. This team, a lot of times, Nick has the ball, AB has the ball, whoever has the ball, and especially in the second half, they just kind of watch. They're getting a daze. They just kind of sit there. You can't do that, especially against a zone. And if I'm Underwood, I'm I'm zoning from the jump. You gotta you got four or five days to get this thing. I, I I'm not playing a second of man defense. Against Arkansas on Thursday. Not a well, I second. hope that's
1: what he does. I hope that's what he does because he'll get beat by 20. Against zone? Yeah. If he plays zone the whole game, he'll get beat by 20. You have to but, mix defenses, Ty. You don't play one defense from the start of the game to the end of the game. This, you got to mix that stuff up. This team that's a, what made A&M effective. It's what made Auburn in the second half more effective. You got to switch things up. You can't play one defense the whole game.
5: Arkansas was affected by a zone defense. That's the only thing they they crushed the A man offense, or man defense. The entire I'm just first saying time,
1: you could, don't run a defense the entire game. You don't find a coach out there. If if you don't find anyone aside from Bayheim, maybe that runs mm-hmm. zone the entire game. You don't do it the whole game.
5: Then you mix it up with different zones. You oh, that's
1: just, what I said. That's what I just said.
5: Well, it, I didn't know if you were going back in man, but yes, you do three quarter trap, which Arkansas struggled against. You do two three zone. You do half court trap. I mean, that was again the mix it up. If if you're just talking about man and zone, that's what I thought you meant. But you do all. You don't run a second of man defense on Thursday night.
1: I don't because, agree with that. I don't. Know. I, I'm just saying I don't agree with it. I, and we're getting bogged down in the minutia here, but. Uh, um, I don't think they'll play all zone. Then then Arkansas has a much better chance to
5: win on Thursday night than they would if they went all zone throughout the duration of the game. Okay. Over. All right, I mean coach. it's all they, right. But it's time and time again. I mean, this, this is okay. like it's obvious. Just watch I'm, the games.
1: I, They're not. It's not hard to figure out. This team I've sucks. I've watched every the zone. one of them, pal. And they. I've do. watched every one of them. I mean, it's not, uh, with a pretty good seed. I know so you got so I mean, a great uh, seed.
5: <laughs> I mean, uh, don't talk to me like I'm dumb. I'm not. But it's like you. It's it's not hard to figure. And that's why I'm okay. So confused. Well, then
1: I guess it's hard for me to figure out because I don't think any <laughs> coach out there is going to play a two-three zone for 40 minutes. I get. I just don't. But
5: what you said makes sense. They they mix it up with different zones. But again, every time that Arkansas goes against a man, they have a much better chance of scoring than against Zone D. I mean, with the film, you just go back and watch the film. It's not, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Okay. Okay. What are you doing? Right. Are you just going to sit there or are you going to say something? Are you I'm just going to
3: laugh? I'm just going to referee. I'm just watching this. <laughs> I agree. It's going to take a mix of defense. I mean, I, I think what, what A&M did by playing and then Arkansas kind of got shocked. It's kind of like jumping into the cold end of the pool or whatever in the second half. They weren't ready for it. Hit them right that's in the face. That's
1: exactly the point. That's exactly the point, and that's what coaches do when they mix up defenses.
3: Yeah, and it's the, the you know ace up the sleeve for Buzz Williams the other day. Arkansas goes in, and I don't know what they talked about at half, but you know just assume that, hey, we're going to continue to make – they made adjustments, and then the adjustments they maybe had talked about at half they came out and saw a whole different defense, and that's why it was in a, it not as effective. I don't know what they talked about, but clearly they came out from the jump of the second half, and AM's defense had them confused.
1: I just think for the three of us to try to sit here and sound like coaches is kind of silly. I mean, uh, um, look at the way Illinois has played this year, look at the way Arkansas has played this year. That's probably what they're going to do on Thursday. That's probably what they're going to do. It's going to be very similar style-wise for both teams to what they've done for 32, 33, 34 games. I mean, the idea that you're going to spend four or five games and, hey, we're going to switch to the triple option. I mean, uh, um, you know, you are who you are at this point. The reality
3: is you need to shoot 54% in the second half and not 30% in the second half, and well, that made the difference in the ball game. and they didn't. And that's, that's you know, and th- their defense had a lot to do with that, but... You got to put the ball in the hole. And Arkansas yeah, couldn't do that, the I
1: mean, Arkansas, Arkansas was among in, in in terms of field goal percentage uh, most of the year. You know, right there at the top of the SEC. So, um, you know, you it'd be great if you could shoot 60 percent the whole game. But you shoot 48 percent. Um, if you don't fall victim to big runs, you're pretty consistent during the game. A lot of those, a lot of those nights, you're going to win. So
5: if they do get zoned. On Thursday, what, what what can Arkansas do to help themselves? Unlike I don't know. You're
1: moment? the one that said you'd never play anything but zone. So, I mean, what against would you the, do? Against what, this team. What would you do? What would you do?
5: I don't know what Mus is thinking in his head right now because, again, he's playing with one hand tied behind his back with a team that can't shoot the basketball. I mean, it's very difficult to today, in today's college game to win Games. I mean, last year was an anomaly. That team couldn't shoot either, but JD could get hot and go on a run. But he, like, think of the NCAA tournament games last year. They were, they couldn't shoot. Like, they didn't shoot well against New Mexico State. They didn't shoot well against what Vermont, and they didn't shoot the ball well. They shot okay against Gonzaga, but they still found ways to win. That's. Win with defense in that case. And this team has shown the ability to play defense and
1: whatnot, but. They two different teams two yeah. different teams two different years frankly what happened last year doesn't matter one iota what happened this year i, I mean uh um you know you got to go out and beat illinois pure and simple hey let me stop for just a second i don't know if you guys have seen the weather this week <laughs> but uh it's going to be warm then it's going to be cold and i guess by the end of the week it's really going to be cold um pascal air plumbing and electric really is your answer if if, if your heating system is uh you know making that funny smell grinding noise if you hope that you can get through another summer with the air conditioning system that you've got right now maybe it's time for a new one because you do deserve the best and you can get a complete pascal system replacement right now starting at only 99 dollars a month now When we talk about professional people and professional service, we're talking about a company that's been around for over 50 years. They're expanding all over Arkansas, and the rest of the state's about to find out what everyone in northwest Arkansas has known for half a century, that this is the place for all your HVAC needs. And... You know they're owned by Charlie Boyce, our former Razorback. Got a lot of former Razorbacks working in that office, and they—they they really have. Well, they've grown up, and they are professional people, and it is professional service. And I'd highly recommend Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric.
5: Did you guys see? And I don't know if they were 100% Alabama fans, but at the SEC tournament, the killing our way through the SEC shirts. I saw that, this on social media again. Right? I don't know if those were 100% Alabama fans, but they were sporting Alabama colors and had that.
1: That was clickbait. That was clickbait. Um, You know, two people out of 15, 17, 18,000, I didn't see those people when I was there. I mm -hmm. I didn't see anybody other than the two people that went viral. I didn't see anybody else wearing them, just a couple of low-rent people. Or or Auburn fans. They were uh, (laughs) were Auburn Auburn people wearing those shirts.
5: I just I saw that. And I, and I think, Chuck, your point's well made. I mean, you've got 17,000, 18,000 people in attendance at Bridgestone Arena. And I only saw those, I think it was two gentlemen, if I remember that right. But, I mean, like you said, it, it did happen. Why did they wear them? Well, I don't know if they're
1: Auburn fans. I don't to know be if
3: they're Auburn fans. Yeah. Exactly what, Chuck, to be viral, to be clickbait for. Everyone to that notice. That's a you know. That's exactly why they did it.
1: That is not representative. Now look, I, I I'm not taking up for Alabama fans. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, that shirt was uh, that was an anomaly in terms of that tournament. And um, again, it was uh, it was clickbait. Nothing more.
3: My guess is if you'd have had a sign and you were holding it up, they'd have taken it away from you. If you had a sign that you oh, made, absolutely, save, that would have been absolutely. removed. So
5: but, yeah, the shirts themselves, I yes. guess got it and I just I, I saw that and I was just shaking my yeah, head on that kind of low rent like mm-hmm. you guys were saying
1: Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pasco have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pasco Protection Plan. Call the pros at Pasco and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com.
5: At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
1: Core Jewelry!
5: You're listening to
0: the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. (laughs)
5: Arkansas has made three straight NCAA tournaments for the first time since 2006 to 2008. Eight seed in Des Moines this Thursday against the fight in the Lion Eye. It was a nine seed, a chance to potentially play Kansas if he get by. We were talking about the schedule earlier, guys. The 26 teams Arkansas played this season, 11 of them are the NCAA tournament. So seven teams that they played in conference and then four others made the tournament this year. Really good job from Anthony Rudin and Musk and that staff getting the schedule together. The
3: non-conference schedule is the reason you're in the tournament. I mean, um, your eight and ten regular season league record, and yes, you added a, a win and a loss to that in the conference tournament, obviously. But that difficult non-conference schedule that kept your net ranking inside the top twenty most of the years one of the big reasons why you're, is I think, the chief reason why you're in the tournament.
1: No doubt. I mean, it certainly had a lot to do with it. That's for sure. And um, you know, when you look at um, you know when you look at the teams that they scheduled I mean obviously they had a pretty good idea about who was going to be good and who wasn't and Mm -hmm. you know I think every good staff has one person on there that is pretty well versed in the net pretty well versed on how all this is going to play out I mean we were talking about Lenardi and some of those other guys earlier um I mean there's um you know there's a and Root is one of these guys on Arkansas staff who he could probably be a bracketologist if he wasn't a coach and um, so, I mean, those are, uh, those are important things and how you schedule certainly matters. And, you know, again, we, we tend to focus on what's happened the last two or three weeks, but, you know, as we've seen again, what happens in November and December has a, as a direct effect on where you're going to stand in March.
5: It has, again, with Arkansas getting locked up as the eighth seed. We'll have to wait and see if they're able to get by the final line this Thursday. Arkansas basketball falls to A&M in the quarterfinals. A&M gets all the way to the SEC championship, and they fall to Alabama. Another, I mean, I guess you can put in good loss. What, 67-61? You got the box score in front of that. That ended up being the final, right? Yeah, 67-61. Arkansas falls in that. Other Arkansas news. You've got, Tommy, we brought this up before the show. Probably need to mention this a few more times. Dragon field, indoor champions, men and women's titles once again. It's almost like it gets overlooked because of how many times they win it each and every year. Well,
1: they set a world record in the 4 x oh, wow. The women did. A world record. You know, that doesn't happen every day. So um, they are, um, it was dominant on both sides. Yeah. And uh, good for Lance. World Carter. record. I mean, that doesn't yeah. happen
3: very often, yeah, you know. I mean, what a way for Lance Hart! I guess he's got a few months left while, while he'll still be the coach, and I guess through the outdoors. But uh, what a uh, what a treat for him on his on his final few months as the head coach.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah! I mean to win it like that and to be so dominant the way they were, and um, you know Chris Bucknam and 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 the Razorback men doing it too. I mean it's. Uh, um, you know that's hard to do it's hard to win a national championship i don't care who you are i believe
3: that's national championships number 48 and 49 for the universe wow
5: that's uh that's wild
1: other news and are- the great thing is the great thing is that it didn't stop with coach mcdonald now it's a result of the foundation he laid. that's how you get guys like bucknam and you know that's what makes it attractive even on the women's side to a guy like lance Harder, but um, they won national championships since Coach Mack, and that's 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 good. I
3: guess seven or eight now, because that it was right around forty, and I know there were some through that investigation. But I probably closing in on close to ten now since Coach Mack.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so.
5: Other news: Arkansas. I have to
1: count them up. Oh,
5: sorry. Our Arkansas baseball sweeps Louisiana Tech this weekend. You've won twenty six straight home non-conference weekend series. Uh, Jace Borfran had himself a great weekend. You had uh, Will McIntyre who threw a complete game on Saturday, so good for that. We're going to give away some tickets, I think, later on this show. you got UNLV on Tuesday and Wednesday, but yeah. another good performance from this Arkansas baseball team heading into their first conference weekend this weekend. Yeah, and We changed
3: times, so now we you know have a little more daylight. Chuck, I, this is the week we start seeing some games start at 6 o'clock versus 3. 6 o'clock tomorrow, and I think it's going to lead to there's some bigger crowds hopefully the weather's gonna be better i know it's a little up and down this week but uh i like the fact that we're gonna see some six o'clock starts during the week
1: yeah i like midweek home games at night um you know the weather's gonna be the you know that's 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 gonna be the big key on all that but in terms of how many people you get in but um no that's that's an attractive midweek series all right, last two themes here. Arkansas women's
5: basketball is headed to the NIT. I know they got an announcement yesterday. The WNIT and the softball team kind of surprisingly lost to Texas A&M at home this weekend. They were going for 10 straight SEC series and unfortunately came up short, uh, played their rubber match yesterday, ended up falling to Texas A&M at Bogle Park by a score of 9-1. to that's going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey call. 8888 Sparky. Let's talk to Nelson, who's in Harrison. Nelson, good morning.
2: Good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Uh, hope you guys are having a good day. I mean, that was a tough loss against AM. I mean, like a previous caller said, I don't know how you lose a 13 point lead. But. I don't think it was so much our offense as it was our defense because we had all those blocks, all those great defensive plays in the first half, and it just seemed like A&M was getting there at will, making dog shots. I mean, they were making some crazy shots, but they were getting there at will. Um, I'm not really sure how you have 10,000 the first two and a half, three minutes, and they have two, but... Uh, you know, it's just part of the game for us. But uh, I'd like to know what you guys think about, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying, Ty, um, with with the uh, zone defenses and stuff, and whenever Chuck was saying, well, you can't play the same defense the whole game. We need to change up our defense. We play the same thing the whole, I mean, for 80% of the game. And it it, it relies on either Devo and Nick Smith. You know, they're they're relying on those guys to lock up the best guy. And the other guys kill us. So, I mean, I just want to get your thoughts on that, and I'll get off of here and go Hogs, and we're going to make a run.
5: I hope you're right. Well, Nelson... Nick Smith held Wade Taylor to two points in the first half, did a fantastic job. We give him credit for his offensive ability, but he was on Wade Taylor that entire first half. Wade Taylor could not get any shots off. In terms of them playing man, so they play their bases in man, but in in terms of what they do, pick and roll coverage, switching, they do a bunch of different variations within that. So while he's right to a point, it's not like they don't do other stuff within that, that one concept, basically.
1: I'm sure that's true. I mean, I I, uh, um, I'm not gonna try to sound like a coach on this. Um, Obviously, that you know, the the one thing that I think he said that is true is that Arkansas's defense was not as good in the second half as it was in the first half. That part's true. Um, In terms of uh, doing the same thing every time down the floor, that's not true. But um, you know, um, obviously, a And M. Did some things in the second half that gave Arkansas a lot of problems on both ends of the floor. Too many second shots.
3: I didn't realize this until Nelson brought it up. Arkansas had nine first-half blocks, only two in the second half. So Mm -hmm. that's a noticeable difference. They were being quite a menace uh, to A&M in that first 20 minutes.
5: Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zouts the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing.
1: Hey, it's NCAA tournament
6: time. If you don't think you can win it, then you shouldn't be in it. Let's go to work
5: that bringing back memories hearing that watching who was, who was that? That was Nolan. Oh, was that walking, Nolan. Yeah, oh. walking down the hallway they're doing a, a promo. I think that was after they won the national championship. So
3: you used to hear Nolan's voice now versus then. Yeah. yeah.
5: It's a little uh, a, a little, little different. different, but that was uh that had made the timeline yesterday. I know people were really excited about that. We brought it up earlier only I mean, you hadn't gone back to back to back NCAA tournament appearances since 2006 to 2008. So it's Chuck, it's kind of been a while since you've been in this type of territory.
1: Yeah, but I think we're getting used to it again. Um, You know, this was the expectation that Arkansas would be in the tournament. Not just in the tournament, but perhaps the expectation was to be seated a lot higher. Um, You know, yeah, uh, Arkansas went through a period there where they didn't make it three straight years. But, um, you know, it it, um, seems like everything's on track now. Let's talk about some other SEC
5: games. We know Arkansas on the bet Saracen app is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Illinois. Mississippi State in the play-in game is a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Pitt. You've got Auburn, who's a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa. Chuck, you said it earlier they got a gift playing in Birmingham. Man, I, I still don't understand how they managed to get that.
1: Well, it was a good break for them, that's for sure. I mean, uh, look, all these games, you know, you're sitting here talking about one-and-a-half. I mean, they're they're all essentially pick'em games. You know, once you, uh, um, once in my opinion, once you get past maybe one, two, and three, in terms of the seeds, everything in the first round is essentially a pick 'em game. But, um, yeah, Auburn got a break, that's for sure. Tennessee is a 10.5-point favorite over
5: Louisiana Lafayette. One of the more intriguing games this NCAA tournament is A&M, who's a 2.5-point favorite over Penn State. Tommy, is it a bad look for the SEC if the second-best team in your league falls to the 10th best in the Big Ten? Well, but they, they've been
3: playing better than that. They made the Big Ten Conference mm-hmm. Championship game, and they they took Purdue to the end of that game. So Had a chance to... I play. think they're playing better than the 10 seed they had in their league and, what, the 10 seed they got on the bracket. So. Mm-hmm.
5: Kentucky is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Providence. You've got a Kentucky connection. One of Providence's best players was a Kentucky Wildcat. Ed in company trying to beat the Wildcats in this one. We know Kentucky is... Under pressure, I know that they finished strong, even though they lost to Vanderbilt. But that is a team that, again, it was it been four or five years without an NCAA tournament. You win. used to have it down to the day. Yeah, I think it's 2018 is the last time they won an NCAA tournament game. So we're, we've talked about Huber Davis being on the hot seat for North Carolina. But Chuck, there's some pressure on Cal to get this thing done against the Friars this weekend.
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm kind of like Brand. I'm 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 focused on the Razorbacks. I I don't know. You know, they've been talking about Cal whether or not he was going to be back at the end of the year, and um, I'm sure they'll continue to talk about that. But I, I don't. Um, um, if you're saying is Cal going to get fired if they lose this game, I don't. I don't know about that. So on the subject
5: of Arkansas, what do you think of the draw that they got in Des Moines? You've got Kansas, probably the potential second team you play. St. Mary's and VCU, UConn and Iona. When you saw that come across the graphic, what, what were your thoughts when Gumble announced that?
1: I was not surprised. I, you know, as we've discussed, I think Arkansas has been on that eight line for quite some time, better part of a month. And the games that they had were against, you know, high net teams. And so there was very little fluctuation, win or lose. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised at all. And obviously you knew Kansas was going to be a number one seed. I think we had a pretty good idea about who the four were going to be. And so, you know... You got a one in four chance of getting Kansas in the second round I don't know which one of those teams um you know will end up doing the best I suspect Alabama and you knew that it wasn't going to be an eight nine matchup against them for Arkansas so you know you had a one in three chance so not not surprised not surprised at all
3: yeah I mean when when they were getting around on the brackets to the eight nines and the seven tens that's when I really kind of perked up I kind of halfway watched the 11s but uh you know I, I've I felt like Arkansas being eight or a nine. I thought a nine, so it's, it's good to see you on the top end because I guess in theory you got a little closer opponent. But man, when you look at Illinois, and it's kind of the tail of the tape to to borrow the boxing phrase, both average 74 points. Chuck, they both give up 67 points. A uh, lot of similar numbers. Both, both teams are sub 70% at the free throw line, both got a big front line. Illinois a little bit bigger. Um, as far as matchups go, you know, for everything from record to percentages to all these stats, these
1: these teams are are a mirror image in a lot of ways. Both teams have struggled to find shooters during the course of the season. Um, Arkansas may be a little bit better off now with Nick. Well, not you know, not a little bit, a good bit better off in terms of their perimeter game than they were without him. But both teams have struggled to score. You know, and so when you struggle to score, you have to find. You know, or struggle to shoot. Arkansas has really not struggled to score. They've uh, um, and their shooting percentage has been good. But um, you know, when you've got deficiencies in some areas, you got to make up for them in others. And Illinois is not a great shooting team, so um, you know it's it's um, it's a defensive-minded team. It seems very good at rim protecting, best shot-blocking team of the country. So. You better be able to hit some, you know, hit some jumpers because it's gonna be harder to get to the rim, it 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 sounds like.
3: And I just wonder how the the SEC's been a very physical league all year long. Um you know, Jimmy Dykes talked about this on several of the games, about it's you know, the ACC being a more of a finesse league. I'll be interested to see how much of that physicality is allowed in the postseason. My my gut feeling says a lot less, and I think SEC teams, including Arkansas, are going to have to make an adjustment uh, to probably a tighter whistle in, in these postseason games versus what they've seen to this point.
1: Well, you have to make an adjustment every year. I mean, every year when you get to this, it's, um, you know, NCAA tournaments, I've always believed, are called a little bit differently than the way games are called in the regular season. Maybe not drastically so, but a little bit different um you know i've seen it in basketball seen it in baseball over the years um that's certainly a you know it'll be foul trouble and things like that are you know they're a big issue and they guard you in the sec that's for sure and um sometimes it's real physical a lot of times it's real physical yeah. but they tend to let them bang pretty good in these tournament games too
3: my question is what happens when you go to the hole and mm-hmm. that, that to me is what's going to, to determine a lot of things for these SEC schools that have been used to a lot of times when the offensive player has gone in there. And uh, you kind of 50-50 sometimes. And if you're creating the contact, you don't get the call a lot of times if the defender's legal. We'll see if that hangs on and if that's the way it is on you know, a good bit of contact a lot of times at the rim of the SEC games.
1: Well, I, I don't think as a player you need to be concerned about how the game's going to be called. You need to be much more concerned about how you're going to execute when you get in those situations, and part of that's going to be playing through contact. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And whether they call it closely or whether they don't, I, I think for you know for you know from the outside looking in, you you know you wonder about how the game's going to be called. I, I don't think for the participants that's 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 something you think about going in. It's probably something that you. You know, you may have to make an adjustment, too, during the game, but, um, you know, um, the players are going to decide it. What do you, I saw that A.B.
5: was in a walking boot yesterday, and he got asked about if he was playing. They usually don't interview players, or they let you interview players, as he's not, but, I mean, he's been banged up all season. You could tell he was a little gimpy in that game. What do you think his health is a concern heading into this Thursday matchup?
1: He'll play. I mean, he's banged up. It is what it is. You know, he wouldn't be wearing a boot if he wasn't banged up, but he'll play. Yeah.
3: I mean, precautionary, I assume. I, I don't,
1: don't... Is really he going to be 100%? Well, no, yeah. but uh, I mean, he's wearing a boot, so I mean, he's probably not going to be 100%, but he'll play.
5: Yeah. I thought it was cool to see the reaction of the young guys, Jordan AB, Nick, and what I presume to be Nick and AB's only tournament will run with this team is their projected lottery picks right now, and how that goes about, but, I mean, this is what you dream about is this kid playing basketball growing up, your chance to play in the NCAA tournament, and I think it's pretty cool to not just see them, but other guys that haven't necessarily had that success in other places as well. And for these young guys? Well, you, you know,
3: go ahead, I'm sorry. For these young guys, Chuck, a pretty good chance. It'll be their only chance. I mean, a lot of them projected very high on the uh, NBA draft, so, I mean, this is their one and only chance to play in the premier college basketball event.
1: I think we lose sight sometimes about how much fun this is for these kids. We get cynical and all we do when the game's over is point out all the things they did wrong. But, uh, um, you know, Walsh said this on the post-game show after the Auburn game. He said, you know, it's my first SEC tournament. I'm excited. You know, for those of us who've been around a while, we watch them every year. Um, But, you know, it it is the one and only sometimes. And I think we lose sight of how much it means to these kids to play in these things and – um, you know I can tell you I've never met a single one of them that getting in a position like this wasn't you know at what I'm sure at the time they consider to be the pinnacle of their career and it sure seemed like based on
5: that reaction i think they'll play with some joy coming up on Thursday now we, we've gotten asked this morning about tickets now Tommy we mentioned this they they did that season ticket request a while ago a couple weeks ago a month ago and so best way is probably just going to Ticketmaster, StubHub, right? It's third party. Call dude. the
1: ticket office and find out. I mean, sometimes you got to do your own homework on that. I mean, if you're eligible for tickets through the university, I would imagine you've been notified. If you're not, you're going to have to scrounge some up. Yeah. Same way you do for every ball game. You're going to have to go to the secondary sites.
3: You know, we, and we talk a lot about, you know, how Arkansas being six or so hours away and Kansas being a little bit closer. Illinois is only and like Champaign. three and a half hours or something uh, to Des Moines. So, I mean these are three schools in there and howard's the one in this this little pod that's the outlier but all three of
1: these schools are uh, regionally close in illinois probably the closest Seventeen thousand seats in this arena and i would imagine every single one of them is going to be full um I, I would think that arkansas fans will travel i know kansas fans will travel um there'll be a good contingent from illinois there too i mean uh, um you know, Big Ten basketball is a big deal, too. Yeah. And so is Big 12 basketball. And they've got big fan bases and big followings, too. And Kansas is a basketball school. They're a full fledged basketball school. So uh, this is, um, you know, they travel to these things like football schools, fan bases travel to bowl games. So um, for them, it's going to be a huge deal. And I don't know much, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Des Moines. <laughs> I was, I was kind of Googling Des Moines last <laughs> night to learn a little more about it. But. Um, the 17,000-seat arena. And, I, you know, look, this is, you know, the Midwest is basketball country. Yes, sir. I mean, it's basketball country. And, um, you know, when you're playing Kansas, you're playing with the founders of the game. So um, I'm sure it's going to be a great basketball atmosphere. It's going to be cold, it sounds like. And I'll bet that gym's going to be full.
3: Yeah, I was telling Ty before the show, this is... This is where technology bites you because I remember, you know, back in the old days, you'd go to Reunion Arena for the Southwest Conference Tournament or maybe to a spot like you're going to this week for the NCAAs. And you'd wait outside for perhaps a Howard or a Kansas fan in the game before you and buy their ticket. Well, now with everything being electronic and no re-entry, and once it's scanned, it's void, you know, that's the bad thing for people trying to maybe scrounge just mm-hmm. some tickets that aren't going to get used is it's a session ticket and those Kansas fans are going to use that ticket.
1: I don't know exactly how all that works. I know outside the arena in Nashville, they were still uh, – they were hawking tickets. I don't know how you do it with the E-tickets now. I don't know. But, obviously, they've they've come up with some kind of system. Um, I saw where Kansas plays before Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas plays Howard before the Razorbacks and Illinois play. Um, so, I would imagine that, um, you know, they'll there'll be a lot of Kansas fans stay and there'll be some that leave. What I don't know, we don't see Kansas enough to know – the Kentucky fans, you know, they're basketball fans, and, I mean, they go to every game. I mean, there's always a large contingent of blue in the arena at the SEC tournament, regardless of who's playing. I don't know if Kansas's fans are going to be like that or not. They may stay and watch the second game, too. Yeah. I don't really know how the tickets are distributed, so I, I, I don't even want to get into that because all it'll lose is make a liar out of me, but um, I'll bet that arena's full. I I'll, I'll, I will say that.
3: I, I can tell you, at night, it's A&M, Penn State, Texas, and Colgate. So, maybe mm-hmm. maybe those are the fans you need to buddy up yeah. to to get their early session tickets So they got whole session
5: tickets. Yeah, they got – so, session one, like y'all were saying, is Kansas and Howard and then Arkansas, and then the session two is what you just referred to. So, if you just want to buy Arkansas session, who's session one. Mm-hmm. And then the session two will be the games of that night. Is it worth it to buy all sessions? I mean, do you want
3: to watch – I think they've all been sold at this point. It's just you're trying to get your hands on them at this point. Mm-hmm.
1: If you love basketball, it is. I yeah. mean, if you like going to uh, tournaments and watching all the games, yeah. Some people do. <laughs> Didn't you just some say it's going to be cold? I mean, what else uh, are you going to do in Des Moines yeah. if
5: it's cold outside? It's going to be freezing. It's the biggest it. thing going on in town. Why wouldn't you want to be there for all the games? Yeah. you got St. Paddy's Day weekend going on as well. There's uh, I think, I mean, you all have a large contingency. We, we brought up the, the Illinois and then the Kansas fans. Y'all, I mean, I would think you'll have A&M fans that travel. You have Texas fans that ta- travel. Penn State as well. Have oh a good yeah,
1: assortment. Yeah, and, and, and you know that's a good point. I mean, we tend to focus on just our regional. There are teams that are in other regionals uh, that will be in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. They're not part of Arkansas. You know, they're not part of the West Regional. They're in a different regional, but they'll still be playing in one of those pods. That's why there was a chance that Arkansas could go to Birmingham, um, even though Alabama was the top seed in, in whatever regional they put them in, you could go there and play Houston. Um, so. Uh, as part of a different regional. So, yeah, there's going to be, what is it, eight teams, I guess? Yes. Mm-hmm. That are going to be in Des Moines. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's um, – and look, for these for these places that host these first-round games, I mean, it's a uh, – you know, this is a big deal for them, big deal for their cities. And so uh, I'm sure that they will roll out the red carpet in Des Moines.
5: Uh, they've got a couple Irish pubs. Chuck, I've already found our Irish pub that we can frequent for St. Patrick's Day weekend. You can, okay. when you're not working, you can come there, hang out. With is us. there a Rowdy Beaver there? It's on Beaver, it's on Beaver Avenue. Oh, well, Annie's is on Beaver <laughs> Avenue. which So there's a little bit of the Beaver mix and you've got the uh, the St. Patrick's theme as well since it's St. Patrick's Day weekend.
1: Well, you know, that'll be fun for a lot of people, I know. Be first. First things first, got to win that basketball game on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon. If you don't win that basketball game, it'll be a short trip for a lot of people. So uh, hopefully that'll happen and we can find out everything Des Moines has to offer. Hey, if you're buying or selling a home, think about my friends at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Um, You know, true real estate professionals, people that are well-versed in this business. And, you know, when when you're a seller or a buyer, um, whichever side of the table you're sitting on, you want somebody who understands the market. You want someone who does this every day. At least I do. That's what I wanted, and that's why I partnered with them as a seller and a buyer. Because when you do it every day, when it's not a side gig, you study it every day. You understand the market in a way part-timers don't. You understand the market in a way that allows you to be a better negotiator than those who are just doing it on the side. You want somebody there who can really negotiate on your behalf, and I think you're going to find that at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin company. I did and uh, I'm pretty sure that's going to be your experience as well. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They've recently opened an office up in Branson. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town. That means they're moving homes, and you can log on to WeichertGriffin.com.
5: Augstats had a pretty strong tidbit that Arkansas had won 78 straight when leading by 13 or more at half. That streak was snapped this past Friday. Guys, what leads you to believe that this young team can figure out a way in a close game potentially on Thursday to, to not do what they did against A&M this past Friday?
3: Well, Illinois is not as good a team as A&M, uh, number one. That'd be where I'd start, and I think the competition in the SEC, we, I think we overlook it a little bit, how good it's been this year in the SEC. So Chuck, I just point to the level of competition. I'm downgrading Illinois, but A&M was a really good basketball team that uh, took away that halftime lead, and I think that that's where i'd begin that question
1: well i mean we don't know and and it'd be nice to find out you know it'd be nice to find out how they'd handle a 13 point halftime lead this time um but but that's not something we'll know until we watch them play um i i think a m their body of work's probably better than illinois's but um you know um again illinois is the you know they're the top shot shot blocking team in the country too so they're doing something right on that end of the floor.
5: I think about the the young guys we were just talking about who stood out in the Auburn game. We mentioned every freshman really had a strong performance, and I know Nick didn't shoot the ball well, but played good defense on Taylor, but didn't shoot the ball well. In that, how much added pressure is it from going to your conference tournament to the NCAA tournament, and how much how much additionally is on you as a young player who's never experienced anything like this?
1: This is the one you live for, well, I mean, right? I mean, use you know, use your you know. I mean, logic would dictate. Yeah, there, yeah, there's more pressure. Sure, there is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is uh, the one you grow up the in. There's, 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 there's more. There's, there's more pressure on everybody that puts on a uniform, whether you're a freshman or a seventh year guy. Um, there's more pressure in the NCAA tournament. Sure, there is. Yeah,
3: I mean, more pressure on Jim Nance. More pressure on the yeah. coaches. More pressure. I mean, this this is what you dream of. I mean, this is what you. What's practice for all year? This is why you fill out a bracket.
5: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV
1: Center.